Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 75 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. If you're new, then welcome, and if you've been here a while, I am so glad to see you again, especially because connecting, you guys know, is one of my hugest values, and it is so super important to continue connecting during this coronavirus quarantine that we're all living through right now. So one of our unique challenges right now is how our kids are doing school. So whether you're a teacher learning new tech or adapting to new instructional methods, or you're a parent who's been thrust into the role of homeschooler, it has been a transition all the way around. Being this up close and personal with the schoolwork my teens are doing has made me nostalgic about my time in the classroom. And it's reinforced several things that I discovered as I worked with all the classes of eighth graders that I taught. First off, as an educator and a mom, one thing I know for sure is that I want to equip my teens with everything they need to manage their own learning. Now, one of the ways that I've done that is understanding how I learn best and looking at how my kids learn best as well. And that makes a huge difference in how I teach, whether it's in the classroom or here at home. And it puts them one step closer to becoming those independent, lifelong learners that I want them to be. So one of the biggest discoveries in my classroom resulted in a paradigm shift for me. And that was when I truly grasped how learning styles could influence my classroom. So that shift resulted from a project that my entire team did. And this was the group of teachers that I worked with who we were all in different subject areas and we shared the same group of 140-ish students. So this was a project that we did at the beginning of the school year. And just to be clear, after the very first year that we did it, it was part of our interdisciplinary curriculum every year after that. So for the assignment, every kid had to use a guided journal and detail different life experiences that they'd had using eight categories that were based on Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences. And I'm gonna talk about those a little bit more in a minute, but at the end of this project, the students did a presentation where they shared which intelligences they were strong in and which ones they were challenged in. And the whole project gave us just huge insight into who they were, um, the things that they did outside of school, what kind of learners they were. It really did help us get to know them. But the challenge after the project was figuring out how to incorporate all of that insight into our lesson planning. Now, if you're a teacher, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's differentiation, right? Now, putting together a one-dimensional lesson plan is a big challenge when you're first starting out as a teacher, right? And creating a one-size-fits-all assignment is obviously the simplest way to do things. But I have to ask, is it the most effective? But also on the other end of the spectrum, to create eight different assignments based on those multiple intelligences to fit all of them, that is a recipe for crazy making as a teacher. So the trick was to try to find efficient ways to try and hit as many of those learning styles as we could, and to recognize when our own learning styles were biasing us. 
So eventually our team got into a really great rhythm. We offered projects with a choice of what kind of end product the students could turn in. Um, we mixed up our lesson formats to present information in a variety of styles. Um, in fact, one of my very favorite finds as far as this is concerned was a US history textbook that used comic book format in order to teach U.S. history. I still have it. My kids would read it as they were going through their U.S. history classes in um, in middle school. And it's just a, was a really fun way to uh, take in information. So that's just kind of one example of of a different format than what would normally be traditional. But getting back to uh, in the classroom, one of the other things that we did to incorporate learning styles is sometimes we would let students have some freedom in how they worked in our classrooms. Now, obviously, as far as the classroom is concerned, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy, right? So teachers don't have a whole lot of wiggle room when it comes to the kinds of assignments that they're giving because it's all e-learning. So those constraints with e-learning are definitely at play as teachers are teaching lessons and handing out assignments and all the things. But parents, discovering your own learning style and your students could be a game changer for you in this particular moment in time where everyone is learning at home. Because while it's literally impossible for a teacher to tailor instruction for every individual student, like seriously, that gives me a panic attack to just think about that level of work, but a parent can right now. So am I suggesting that parents need to know how to teach algebra or French or statistics or AP English? Absolutely not. What I am saying is that knowing your teen's learning style can give you another tool to share with them and another way to support their learning right now. So imagine being able to show your visual learners how to turn class notes into visual symbols and then turn them back into words again to help them study for a test. Or having your auditory learners explain the new math concept they just learned to you. Or maybe you could have your read and write learners condense class notes into a bulleted list. Or you could role play taking a test with your kinesthetic learners so that they can practice what it feels like to be taking the test. So you get the idea. You can see how knowing those specific learning styles can be super helpful. So to be clear, I found these ideas and I did my research for this episode and I'll be sharing what I learned and where you can find more information about all of this at the end of the podcast. So having said that, what I want to do next is to share some of the different ways to look at learning styles. There are tons of ways to quote unquote categorize yourself and your teens. But for our purposes, I'm just going to focus on three different frameworks of learning styles that are out there. Three different ways to look at the way that you learn and the ways that your teens learn. So the first one, and this is the one that I was talking about earlier that I used with students in the classroom, the big project that my team did, um, it is called Gardner's Multiple Intelligences. And altogether, there are eight different intelligences that Gardner has come up with. And actually, it's kind of a funny because there were only seven when I first learned about them. But then he went back and added another one. I'll talk about that in a sec. But here are the eight different types of intelligences, according to Howard Gardner. First, there's linguistic intelligence, which is being considered word smart. 
logical mathematical intelligence, which is number and reasoning smart, spatial intelligence, which is picture smart, bodily kinesthetic intelligence, which is body smart, musical intelligence, which is, of course, musical smart, interpersonal intelligence, which is people smart, intrapersonal intelligence, which is self smart. And then the last one that was added was naturalist intelligence, which is nature smart. And this naturalist idea from what I understand, it's not just things in nature. It's also knowing how to categorize and recognize groups of things, like knowing the year-making model of every car you see on the road or all the stats for every major league baseball player on a particular team. So the link between the intelligences and learning is that you process and learn optimally when new information is presented to you within the area of your strongest intelligence. For instance, if I was a history teacher talking about the American Revolution, I might, and I'm just going to kind of go through that list of the different kind of learners and tell you how I might present that new information if I was focusing on that particular intelligence. So, okay, if I was talking about the American Revolution, I might have someone with a strong linguistic intelligence read primary documents from the time period. Or if it was someone with a logical mathematical intelligence, I might have them put together statistics about the time period, like population size, the number of people in the armies involved, etc. For someone with spatial intelligence, I might have them create a graphic novel detailing the key events. For bodily kinesthetic learners, I might have them act out one of the key events or create a dance that represents the key events of that time period. With someone of musical intelligence, I might have them study music composed the, during the time period and relate it to the events that were happening. For someone with interpersonal intelligence, I might have them have a group discussion about those key events and the cause and effects between what happened and, and what resulted. For someone with that intrapersonal intelligence, having them journal as if they were someone from that time period experiencing a key event might be something I'd have them do. And for someone with naturalist intelligence, I could have them research how the natural terrain, the animal population, etc., helped or hindered the American and British armies. So I'm curious about you guys, like I'm going to take a breath here, because that was a lot. But I'm curious about you. Where are you in these intelligences? And wherever you are, I know, probably you're at home, hopefully you're at home, just holler out what kind of intelligence you think you are. For me, I am definitely a linguistic learner. So I, I definitely love words. Now we're going to move on to the next learning style structure. And what we're going to look at is something called the format model. And that's the number four MAT model. Now, this is something that I dabbled with as a teacher, but I've also used it as a speaker. So when I go and speak to groups, this is something that I use. So what I need you to do to, to understand this one is imagine a circle divided into four quadrants by a vertical and a horizontal line, like a, like a plus sign in the middle of a circle. So in the format model, the top right quadrant is number one, the bottom right is number two, the bottom left is number three, and the top left is number four. So it goes in a clockwise manner around the circle. So each of those quadrants represents a learning style and each style has a question that is top of mind for that learner. 
In quadrant one, the question is why. In quadrant two, the question is what. In quadrant three, the question is how. And in the last quadrant, the question is what if. So let me describe what each of those types, the characteristics of them. So type one likes self-reflection and they really look for personal meaning. They learn by making connections. Type two likes facts. They think through ideas, they research what the experts say on something, and they learn by examining ideas. Type three likes doing. They experiment, they build, they tinker, and they learn by applying. Type four likes creating. They look for hidden possibilities, they explore new ideas, and they create and adapt, and they learn by trial and error. So think about this. Imagine and think back to the last time you went and sat and heard a speaker. What was it that you needed to hear from them to feel comfortable at the very beginning? And that's the question I ask at, whenever I go to speak somewhere or even here on the podcast. I try to answer those, actually the first three questions. I'll talk about the fourth one in a second. I try to answer those so that all of my listeners feel comfortable. So for instance, with this podcast, I let you guys know in the beginning that we're all experiencing challenges with how school is set up right now. That's the why. And I let you know that we'd be looking at different learning styles. That's the what. And I let you know that we'd be talking about how to use them. Of course, that's the how. You'll notice I didn't address the what if because I don't really have to address that. Those of you who are out there who are those what if people, you're already thinking about ideas like, what if I use this with my kids this way? And you guys know who you are. And I am definitely one of those people. When I hear someone talking, no matter what it is, whether I'm sitting in church and listening to a message, or if I'm sitting through a class, my brain is constantly thinking about how could I switch that and use it for my purposes? Or how can I apply this to what I'm doing and change it around? What if I did it this way? So wherever you are, again, I'm going to have you do this. Holler out if you are a why, a what, a how, or a what if. So again, I am firmly in that quadrant floor of the what if camp. And I don't know about you guys, I just find it fascinating all the different ways that researchers and experts have figured out how to look at how the human brain processes things. I just, I love learning about this kind of thing because I feel like it helps me, again, as a learner, and it helps me with my own teens and guiding them and helping them as they encounter maybe struggles or challenges in their own learning. Okay, the third and last type of learning structure I'm going to talk about today is the VARC format, and that's V-A-R-K, all caps. Now, it was developed by Neil Fleming, and it is an acronym for Visual, Auditory, Read Slash Write, and Kinesthetic. Now, if that sounds similar to the multiple intelligences, well, it totally is but there are a few nuances. So this information is from the website vark-learn.com and it outlines what each category represents, but kind of hold that in the back of your mind because I'm gonna give you guys some awesome resources here in a sec. So people with a strong visual preference for learning, and that's the V in VARC, they like different formats, space, graphs, charts, diagrams, maps, and plans. 
people with a strong oral, oral, I think I'm saying that right, A-U-R-A-L preference for learning, and that's the A in VARC, they enjoy discussions, stories, guest speakers, and chatting. So the R in the VARC theory is the read-write preference, and people with that preference for learning like lists and notes and text in all its forms and formats, whether in print or online. And then lastly, the K in VARC is um, for kinesthetic, and that is someone who has a preference for learning um, with things like their senses or practical exercises and examples and cases and trial and error. So the reason I'm including VARC theory within this podcast is because they offer a great questionnaire to help figure out where you land in their version of learning styles. Plus, they have a resource page that walks you through learning and communication strategies that work best for your particular style. So I am including links to both of those in my show notes. So you can find those at theishgirl.com forward slash EP75. And also, if you're subscribed to my weekly email, you'll find those links in my email to you this week, which by the way, if you don't get those weekly emails, I would encourage you to go right now and sign up because I share things there that I don't share anywhere else. Okay, so back to VARC, you and your team can go through those questions and discover what your learning styles are. And from there, the sky's the limit. And again, the resource page lists out several different ideas um, for each different learning style and and the ways that you can study or take in information or take tests. Um, It just gives a lot of really great information. Okay, just to give you an idea of how we've used them in our family, how my kids have used them, my son is definitely an aural learner, auditory learner, and he was on his academic decathlon team this year, and they had multiple reading guides on a variety of different subjects that they started studying last summer. Now, he used um, my recording equipment to record himself reading the guides, and then he downloaded them to his phone so that he could listen to them all the time, and that was one of the ways and strategies he used for studying. My daughter, on the other hand, is a list maker, and I have to say the apple does not fall far from the tree because she comes from a long line of list makers. My mom, my grandmother, my sister, my aunt, we are all list makers, and she puts everything down on paper or in her Remind or List apps on her phone to keep track of just all the things. So with these learning styles, it is not something that you have to be perfect at. In fact, it really is a whole lot of messy trial and error for parents and for teachers. But the bottom line is this, are you the kind of parent or the kind of teacher who wants to equip your teens with as many tools as you can? The kind who is teaching your teens to manage their own learning. And if that's a yes, then you're really gonna wanna look into this if you haven't already. Now, I'm a linguistic quadrant four, what if, read-write learner. What are you? What are your teens? These are things that I would love to hear from you. And you can grab graphics for each different style on my website, again, in my show notes, theishgirl.com forward slash EP75. So you can grab them there and post them on your own social media. Just be sure to tag me and use the hashtag ishlearningstyles. So as teachers, 
one of the things that I'm super curious about is how you're incorporating learning styles into your classroom pre-COVID, or even how you're trying to incorporate them now as you're doing e-learning. So you can go to my show notes page, and there is a link there where you can record a voicemail and tell me what exactly you're doing with those learning styles. So you never know, you might be featured in an upcoming episode. Again, that is at theishgirl.com forward slash EP75. Okay, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. As always, I continue to pray for you and your family during this crazy time. And from an ish girl who is off to make a list of all the chores we're going to tackle this weekend, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.